0: In the building.
1: welcome everybody to the bald move television podcast the podcast that talks about all the television all the time i'm your host aaron and i'm jim and we're going to be talking about a variety of things. Uh, we're going to talk about some Comic-Con trailers for television right up front. Then we're going to move into gradually more spoilery things, uh, discussions of stuff that's been on recently that we've been watching. Uh, please use the show notes to jump around if you want to avoid spoilers. But in general, we're going to be talking about Comic-Con trailers, uh, Deep Space Nine, Silicon Valley, Danger 5, Five Days in Hell, Ballers and the Brink. Five day I I spent seven
2: days in hell. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> did I say five days in hell. Y- yeah,
1: danger. Five days in hell. I just did a mashup. Uh-huh. Get on an HBO. Uh, so let's start with uh, the first comic con trailer we're going to discuss: Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, it's going to premiere on the Stars Network on Halloween, ten thirty one, two thousand fifteen. Appropriate. Yeah, I did not expect much when I heard about this, and I was very pleasantly surprised with the trailer. How about you?
2: It. It has Bruce Campbell, and it has gore and, you know, supernatural hauntings. Like, how can you not be super pleased by this if you're a fan? And
1: and old Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not as old as, like, his Bubba Hotep uh, get-up. But, like, you know, current 2015 Bruce Campbell, you put him in front of a camera, that's Mm. what he looks like.
2: And he's still Ash, you know? It's not like he's changed much. It's Ash wearing a girdle. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But I like that, you know, they continue kind of a storyline that makes sense for how old he is. Yeah. They're not trying to, like, oh, let's, uh, I don't know, do some effects or something to make him look like old Ash.
1: And this does seem like it is a direct continuation of either Evil Dead 2 or perhaps they're going to work the Army of Darkness plot in there. I mean, he doesn't have his robo hand. Yeah, he's got chainsaw hand. And I'm not sure if he lost. I'm not, I, it's been so long since I've seen Army of Darkness. I don't know that maybe his robotic arm got destroyed or something, but who knows? I mm, I, I don't yeah, know, but it's sure. definitely more of the campy horror and blood and guts from the the Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness than it is the straight-up horror of the first Evil Dead.
2: Yeah, and I have a lot of hope. Like One of my favorite things in the Evil Dead series was just like the geysers of blood that oh, would yeah. just shoot out of walls and just kind of randomly you'd get soaked in blood. And Mm -hmm. I think they're going to continue that in this one. So I'm super excited. And it looks funny now. Yeah. Concerns. Uh, that it's a a longer version of the evil dead. I wonder if they can continue to make things
1: interesting and exciting and novel. Will it overstay? It's welcome. Yeah. I mean, all the evil dead films have always been on the shorter side. I don't think there's one that's over like 90 minutes long. Yeah. They're all real short. Um, and if you have a 10, 12, 13, whatever, little miniseries, can they keep that you know, plot going and make it varied and interesting enough and have ca- actual character development that has to occur in the better comedies? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But Bruce, Bruce's uh, broad shoulders can carry a lot. He's got a lot of charisma. Mm-hmm. So definitely I will be tuning in on Halloween. I mean, what else are you going to do on Halloween? Uh, Have a party. but Trick or treat. But then you're going to record... Ash vs. the Evil Dead, and yeah, watch that shit. That's that's probably the right thing to do.
2: You know, DVR
1: it. Uh, let's talk about Fear the Walking Dead, another Comic-Con trailer. Uh, this one's going to premiere uh, August 23rd, 2015. Hmm. Just in time for my birthday. Robert All Kirkman, right. you shouldn't have. Probably, <laughs> no, really, you shouldn't have.
2: I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> excited for this, honestly. I
1: am dreading it, because really? okay. I think we are probably going to cover it day one. And, you know... Mm-hmm. My least favorite, <sighs> theoretically, my favorite part of the zombie thing is how everything falls and that civilization falling apart. Yes. But as you know, if you've read any of my survival guides or you've heard me talk on a podcast, I have a hard time suspending my disbelief that a modern civilization with the military and the civil, you know, suppression cap- capacities that even our, you know, a SWAT team in LA. Uh, that, that they would actually have a hard time dealing with the zombie threat as portrayed on the walking dead now mm-hmm. rage virus zombies maybe but slow shambling zombies i don't know um but but let's talk about what why are you excited because i've got a couple other concerns but why are you excited for this one
2: uh it feels like a chance to redo like re-roll the walking dead in a way that's more interesting to me like i'm I don't know if Kirkman's going to go there. I know he says he he never wants to, you know, cover the cure stuff and all that. But I think, for me, the most interesting part of a zombie or apocalyptic film is the outbreak itself and, mm. like, the, the survival, like, almost immediately after. Like, where do you go to? Uh, how do you try and set up some kind of society that's going to be able to survive, you know, the dangers of this apocalypse? I... I'm hoping that they will stick around in that scenario a little bit longer, maybe take their time, It's arguable not, not go years into the future within a couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, and how would they do that? I mean, it's arguable that that's the most dangerous time of the zombie apocalypse because you've got uh, an unknown threat that no one really yeah. knows quite how to deal with, and you also have a lot of living humans that are desperate. Sure. So like a lot of things you could say, like, okay, one year post-apocalyptic, you find a Sam's Club, and you hole up, and you pretty much win for the next five to ten years. Uh, That's a dicier proposition if you're in a major metropolitan area. Oh, yeah. You're just going to take over a Sam's Club or a Home Depot or whatever and hold it.
2: Yeah, everybody has that idea. So good luck holding something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You either need to... Hope that you can negotiate or have a lot of
1: arms. I mean, you and I are set. We've got the Apache attack helicopter sure, now. Yeah, but we... but everybody else, I don't I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe you can hold one, two people in that thing They can hang on to landing gear or whatever. But that's why I'm excited. Okay.
2: I like in particular, I like that part of the apocalypse. Okay. Uh
1: concerns other than the one that I mentioned.
2: Uh it's the walking dead, and we know what Robert Kirkman has said about that that whole thing. I, I know that You know, Walking Dead is more about the drama of the character relationships. I hope that this show is not that. Mm -hmm. I hope that this is not just Walking Dead 2.0. I want it to feel substantially different. And I think that trailer gives me a little bit of hope that it will. But also that trailer is probably from episode one, right? Like
1: 95% of the footage. Yeah. What do you think about the prospect of getting some more zombie science? I'm super excited for that. Do you think that they're going to have something interesting to say about the zombie science that's actually going to inform uh, the multiple seasons that we have of the original Walking Dead? I hope so. Like, what can they say about it that <laughs> will, you know, because we haven't heard anything about zombie science after, what, the CDC? Yeah, you know, you know that movie Contagion? Yeah. I like that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, where people are not just trying to survive and dealing with a soap opera inside a Sam's Club or something, mm-hmm. but they're actively working to fix the situation. Mm. And that's something we never get in Walking Dead, right? Yeah. They're, they're never focused on, like, how do we fix this? They're, mm. they're more focused on, how do we survive this? And sure. I, I feel like once you, once you figure out what you're doing to survive, come on, get on
1: to fixing stuff. You but we know? know they're doomed to failure. I mean, it might... And, and also, I don't know... Mm. Uh, you know how many seasons can they get of just the initial outbreak like even if like one episode is one day or maybe even several hours in a day like eventually you're gonna have to move into where you were in season one of the walking dead in season one yeah and then what happens
2: well i mean if you look at shows like breaking bad that Uh whole show is a two-year run right yeah and there is a lot of time that you don't see so if they wanted to go more like direct one-to-one sort of thing they could do it I not guess. like a twenty four, but you know,
1: somewhere in between. I feel like if they don't do a uh, pretty aggressive twenty four style, then it's going to not really work. It's it's oh, going yeah. to it's going to progress into Walking Dead two point after the first season or two. Yeah, I that's what I don't. That's want. A, my <laughs> other concern is that it features prominently two potentially uh, apparently whiny teenagers. Uh-huh. And that seems to be the bane of dramatic television. Like we've been somewhat spoiled in in recent years that we've had some good teenage characters, mm-hmm. but you know you you think a shit like Terra Nova, like the the more you know anything on sci-fi, <laughs> or, Shark yeah. the Shark your Sharknados. Um, I was a little little leery of what I saw from the trailers. Those kids look like they're angsty and they're yeah. rebellious, and they might be the type to be like, "Fuck you! You don't know anything about zombies. I'm gonna run out here, and <laughs> you know, my girl needs me." I don't know. I, it, I think
2: the tone of the trailer that they released has me excited. I, I want to see that that epic outbreak. I, I like what they're doing with that so far, from what I've seen of
1: you know the three minute trailer. All right, uh, moving on to The Walking Dead season six, also on AMC. Uh, mm-hmm. Premieres on 10-11-2015 Just a couple of weeks before Halloween In fact, I heard that the plan is That there's going to be a one-week hiatus In between Fear the Walking Dead to Walking Dead And in, in between they're going to do a uh, a Walking Dead marathon Okay. Potentially a black and white Walking Dead marathon Which I yeah, quite enjoyed cool. the first time they did mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty bullish on this season I know we say that a lot <laughs> But this season looks pretty good yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're holed up in Alexandria now and I think Like other than the prison plot, the Alexander plot is probably the most interesting with the walk stuff that the Walking Dead's ever done. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I like that
2: stuff. And it looks like I'm finally gonna get my Wall of Walkers. Yeah, you got a horde coming. I mean, I'm super excited for that. Let's see how that cold rolled steel holds up. <laughs>
1: cold rolled When you got more than a dozen walkers at the gate. Uh, crazy zombie effects. Like, yeah. I know that's a like an annual thing, but you got like various you know swamp thing zombies. Uh huh. You got shit monster zombies <gasps> yeah. in the sewers. Shit walkers. <laughs> like like these. It, that's the other thing we didn't talk about. Fear the Walking Dead is those zombies are fresh. Oh, yeah. They just fell off a of turnip, turnip, turnip truck zombies. We haven't seen zombies like that since early season one. Yeah. Uh, even maybe fresher than that, all these zombies are way past their prime, and I mm-hmm. wonder if that's going to be something that they weave into the zombie lore. Like, these things are getting decrepit and sure. pathetic.
2: Uh, I think so, yeah. All right. I mean, they're probably getting pretty hungry if they can't find
1: humans to eat. It looks like they're setting up a lot of conflict between Rick and... And Morgan, however they And some also, outside
2: force too and, right? and that's
1: what I'm saying, like they're wanting us to believe That Rick and Morgan are are butting heads Do you buy mm-hmm. that? Because I noticed There was a lot of bullshit editing Where is. lines that Morgan Are saying that's antagonistic Are never coming out of his mouth with Rick It's always his words over Rick's face, but they don't seem like they're from the same Scene, and when Rick is <laughs> shooting it's So I'm thinking that maybe they're arguing With third parties here And they're editing it together to make it look like this Batman versus Superman thing.
2: So the feeling I get from that trailer is that there is going to be some conflict for Morgan and Rick. But it's going to be dealt with quickly. And then the outside forces are going to be the real trouble.
1: And it's going to be more of a, you know, uh, John or more of a Locke versus, um, shit, who's the guy? Uh, Jack? Jack. It's going to be like a Locke-Jack thing where it's more of a philosophical than a real, like... Come to blows type. Yeah, of I mean they've got to
2: deal with the aftermath of of killing uh, what's Jesse's husband. Yeah, whatever his name was, and uh, and killing Reggie. I mean, there's going to be some problems there at first, but I think they're going to deal with it pretty fast because uh, Deanna.
1: Deanna is that her yeah, name? Deanna seems like she's on board Gene with White. Rick
2: from. Almost a jump, you know?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think once that guy stumbled in to kill her husband, that <laughs> yeah. uh, has a way of... Uh, once you get skin in the game, mm-hmm. has a way of uh, crystallizing. Uh, what do you think about Daryl? He looks like he's putting several bad spots in this trailer. Uh-huh. What do you think? All right. I'm always happy to see Daryl go after some fools. I'm... I'm going to go ahead and put his death at 100% chance <laughs> already. Okay. This season six. I don't, I don't know, know if it's first like... half or second half, but I'm going, I'm swinging for defenses. I think Daryl is worm food before mm. this uh, Before the season's out. You know who I don't recall seeing in that trailer? Who? Maggie. Ooh. You know Do you what? You remember seeing her? We also had some debate about whether we saw Tara getting her throat ripped out. I don't think it was. We came to the conclusion that. I don't think it was uh, either, but it's hard to judge on the YouTube trailer. Like yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but it definitely made us do a lot of Zapruder style yeah. frame by frame breakdowns. And, you know, are those, are those, te- those boobs Tara esque. What about yeah. that nose or what's <laughs> the hair? Why, uh, did, did was she it? going in for a fist bump on that zombie before <laughs> he caught it with his teeth? I, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but no, I, I think that trailer looks incredible and you know, some of the, some of the savage looks that, rick or is rocking and the music that they put on is much better than the what the the dubstep kind of synth pop stuff they've been doing lately (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no i i think it was pretty pretty incredible Mm -hmm. um gives me high hopes for the new season and if nothing else walking dead's always fun to cover sure uh heroes reborn oh boy this is the last of our comic-con trailers we're going to discuss um i was not impressed with this trailer I thought the production values, while it looks like they spent a lot of money on it, they're it's, slick, mm-hmm. but it almost too slick, like in in, uh, in a, like a Star been, Trek sort of way, yeah, like what, modern Star Trek. I don't know, like what was that Ben Stiller movie about the superheroes, He's, the Misfits? Uh, had Gene Jean, Garofalo in it and William H Macy. Uh the Mystery Men. It's slick oh. like that. Like Oof. you'd spend a lot of money, but maybe the there's, there's something wrong with the design. Like you got this dude that looks like a up armored version of kick ass. Yep. That's not a flattering comparison if you're unless he is deliberately like, hey, in universe, I watched kick ass and I thought it was cool and <laughs> I've got similar powers, so I'm gonna make like a up armored version of that. Mm-hmm. Even that is kind of a weird idea, but yeah, everything about it was like if you take WB CW type sensibilities <laughs> and you give it an yeah. NBC
2: budget, that and everybody's kind of about the age you'd expect from a CW show, except for the people who've come back, right? Like Mohinder and yeah. the the man with glasses and yeah, uh,
1: hero. Yeah, I I to me I and then at the end you've got that like uh you know bloody eclipse sun and there's this girl who looks exactly like she stepped out of the live action airbender movie. Also not a <laughs> the flattering worst. pop culture comparison. No, that was a terrible movie. And you know, the pedigree for heroes, not great. Like, it yeah, season one season was fantastic. One. I thought season two, I gave up on quickly. Me too. And I, I don't know. I'm, I don't see anything that makes me really think that that's, it's just going to be amazing. I don't either. Unfortunately, The trailer didn't excite me that much. Like I was more excited for the strain when I saw, and I'm talking about season two, but like you looking at season one, Ooh, this looks pretty cool. I did not get that vibe from heroes. So maybe it'll be the opposite of the strain and it'll actually be really good, but I don't know. I'm probably going to get, see what the reviews say. Yep. Uh, That concludes our San Diego comic-con trailer spots. Now we got a couple other stuff that we've been watching. Um, One thing I wanted to mention, I know you haven't seen yet and i just got around to i watched the first four episodes in the last two nights it's the spoils before dying which is a sequel to it's on ifc uh, it's a sequel to last year's the spoils of babylon uh and what the 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 conceit is that will farrell is this very pretentious author that was famous in the 50s and 60s that wrote these series of like you know epic historical pieces uh you know, like a combination between Shogun and the great Gatsby. And mm. they adapted his work to film, but for some reason because of because of censorship and uh scandal, that these were buried and he's 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 finally won the rights of it back and the rights have elapsed and he's producing it and he he introduces in like this giant fat makeup with his beard. It's kind of like a George R. R. Martin thing. He introduces each episode and that's kind of funny because it's Will Ferrell just being crazy. And then it's just a parody of various like eighties miniseries. Okay. And they even present it over sequential nights on IFC to kind of keep that thing going. Hmm. And it gets big belly laughs from me. I it it's it's got uh uh Omar Little, Michael K. Right. Williams in yep. it as the starring. It's got a bunch of SNL alum alumni, current and past. Uh it's basic it's it's funnier die long form. Okay. And I think it's really funny. I recommend everybody. The, uh, you can watch the entire series on IFC's website right now, so you can't beat that. Um, hmm. Let's go into that to Seven Days in Hell, because right. it's got a lot of the similar sensibilities. Yeah, it's got a lot of SNL and former SNL people. This is uh, Andy Samberg and Kit Harington of Jon Snow fame. Uh-huh. I thought this is the hardest I've laughed at television, (laughs) and and I'm going to say that a lot because I've been watching some funny shit. This Uh, is the hardest I've watched in television or I've laughed in television for a long time.
2: Yeah, no, it's I went into it thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be a funny tennis mockumentary. And it is, but it's way more ridiculous. And it had far less tennis in it than I expected.
1: Although the tennis that they showed is incredible, <laughs> it is. There
2: are some really good points in that. <laughs> there are some like really,
1: really good points, in a in a and in, in a way that the match last seven days. I thought the way they stretched it out was clever yeah. on the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, Kit Harrington is incredible. Like he I had, plays very different character from what you'd expect. I had no idea he could be because like. Just keeping your composure and not breaking in some of the ridiculous things that that he has to get up to yeah. and some of the chemistry he has with the other uh, heavy hitters, I just thought was, was amazing. And they have a whole bunch of, I don't know if you call them outtakes because they seem like they're deliberately filmed as like in universe documentary outtakes. Yeah. Some of the stuff over the credit sequence was as funny as anything that we'd saw in an the main documentary. Yeah. And like seeing all of the people in it, like, you know you've
2: got a, a whole bunch of comedians a whole bunch of people from SNL like Lena Dunham's in it i thought she was great she was as the president of Jordache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty amazing especially
1: since she's the she's the um the wardrobe because this you know Annie Sandberg is is essentially a, a more extreme version of Andre Agassi okay yeah
0: yeah i could buy that and the
1: sensibilities that he had back then so yeah Jordan yeah. Ash, Ashby and his wardrobe provider <laughs> You know, a lot of denim based tennis fashion was pretty good. And then like having Jim Lampley in it was really cool. The real HBO sports guys. And it Uh opens up like it's a real HBO sports film. They have all the same logos and heraldry and credit. See, it's it's really, really (laughs) that to me makes it even funnier. The more attention to detail that you have. I loved all the British stuff uh is it Martin Sheen? No, not uh, Martin Michael Sheen. Sheen. Michael Sheen. Yeah. Not no relation. <laughs> no. He no. is so funnily like creepy oh, British. Yeah. It's really funny. The <laughs> Queen I thought is really funny. Uh-huh. Uh uh the, the 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 unauthorized footage of Dolph Lundgren I assume <laughs> is extreme Probably. with with uh the 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 3D reenactments of some of these scenes I thought was pretty I have
2: no idea what he's saying. He's talking in uh, German or something, I right? I think so. Yeah. Or whatever and they his just language subtitle is.
1: it with some ridiculous stuff. Yeah. They have yeah. the young eighties Dolph Lundgren and they just, <laughs> since he's speaking a different language, they just feel free to put words in his mouth. Yeah. I wonder what he thought of that. I don't know. I wonder, Cause you know, he's a really well-educated dude. I feel like his sensibilities probably would not be towards the outrage, but I don't know. Maybe I should find out on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, this is, and it's only 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some pretty high expectations for this, and they were pretty much all met. Yeah, me too. A lot more nudity than I expected in that. A lot of nudity, animated nudity. If you want <laughs> to get your, funny. if you want to get your dong ratio straightened out from Game that, of Thrones, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> tune in because it's it's pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to say about that before we move on?
2: No, I definitely recommend it though.
1: Uh, something else you've been watching a lot of. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, you got the Star yeah. Trek bug. It infected you.
2: I did, man. Over the... Uh, you took a little vacation, and I decided to take a little vacation of my own just to binge watch some stuff, and I... To Deep Space Nine. I, I started out with a little bit of Next Generation, and I was like, you know what? This isn't scratching my itch, because I've had the DS9 itch for a while. Right. Um, I was hoping we'd maybe do something for Bald Move with it, but I don't think we're going to, so I went ahead and watched like the first three seasons of DS9 over six days or something. <laughs> okay. How and, that treat uh, you? It treated me really well. Like I, I was surprised about a few things, and I, you know, fell back into the old, all of the old uh, tricks of DS9 pretty early on. So like, what were
1: you mentioned the surprises? I guess that's the one thing I'm most interested about. The You're... timeline
2: is what really surprised me. Like how way? how quickly they get into like the Dominion stuff. Oh, really? Like Jim Hadar are in season two. No way. You see the
1: Jim Hadar in season two and they're like, see my, cause my mental map of that is like whatever the galaxy class starship that gets rammed and exploded when like the whole fleet sallies forth from the, I have I, 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 like, Oh I wow. Fi-
2: That's, I haven't even got to that yet. Oh, okay. Well then it's I might be on.
1: right. Um, because to me that's the start of the Dominion War when they get the fleet all together and you think it's going to be this massacre and they just get wiped out like the the start. Yeah, I, thought, I, I felt mean, like the real, end of season three. The
2: true start of the Dominion War is yeah, definitely later on. But you know you're introduced to the Jem'Hadar at the end of season two. The Founders, uh, the Founders are in season three, I think.
1: Okay. What well, um, about Wei? And so Wei Yun doesn't show up till because if you said like yeah, Wei Yoon and the Founders are running in season two, I was prepared to call. I was like, <laughs> no, like no, what no, the no, hell. No.
2: No, but a lot of the stuff that's kind of, you know, precursor to um, the the actual Dominion Wars happens pretty early on, mm. like season two, season early season three stuff. Like I'm, I was super impressed by the storyline where, you know, the the Gamma Quadrant is kind of messing with the Alpha Quadrant, right? And they're they're stirring up shit and causing all these forces to fight against each other, like like excluding. So so you know they open up the wormhole, they discover oh there's this Dominion thing. Mm-hmm. And they, they start to like try to form an alliance, right? Like mm-hmm. a trade agreement or whatever. Right. And the Romulans are specifically excluded from that. Mm-hmm. And they do that entirely to stir up shit, right. to make the Romulans angry that they weren't included, and they come in... Because they're
1: xenophobic and...
2: Yeah, and now you've got uh, two... If you want to fight the Dominion, you've got a two-front war. Yeah. One through the wormhole and one at your back. So yeah. I thought that was really cool, just the way that the pieces came together there and... I don't know. It's really good. There, There's, you know, a lot of DS9 type stuff that I really enjoy and a lot that I hate. Okay. Like, I really love Quark and Odo. Quark's the best. Like, Quark and Odo's interactions are... Although
1: I'm a big Elam Garrick
2: fan. Prime time.
1: E- Elam? Yeah. Elam Garrick, the Taylor.
2: Oh, Garrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. His first name is Elam. Yeah. I totally forget that. But yeah, Garrick. And the, the, but
1: he, He's uh, awesome. The, when does him and Bashir start... Like having their tea times. Pretty and stuff. early on. Okay. Cause I was yeah. wondering if that was a late development because some of my no. favorite moments are between their like philosophical discussions.
2: Yeah. They don't do a ton of it, but they're, you know, having their lunch meetings. Okay. Every day or breakfast or coffee or whatever it is. Right on. Rack to Gino. That's what, <laughs> uh, that's what seemingly everybody's drinking now, mm. which I think is the equivalent of coffee ah. in that universe. Um, but, you know, all of the like, how the fuck did that happen sort of intros. Like, like, like they'll take a character and they'll they'll show them murdering someone who you would never suspect. Oh yeah. a character would murder anybody. Yeah, uh, at the beginning of the episode, and then you go like, how do they get there? Kind of like in Breaking Bad, you know, where Walt's walking away from Tuco's hideout. Yeah, and it it's explodes, explained. and yeah. it, you're like, how did how did that man get to that situation? Yeah. They do that a lot in DS9. Huh. And I I like that stuff. Uh, there's some really bad stuff in DS9. Really, really? early on, like, like season that? one has maybe the worst hour of television I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Which one is that? It's
2: a so there's an episode called Move Along Home, and it's a, it's a, an entire episode where Quark cheats this alien race called like the Wadi or something, um, and he he cheats them out of some money at the Dabo table, and they say, oh well, now you have to play our game, and their game involves. Taking the crew members and putting them into some kind of alternate
1: dimension. How did you do that?
2: Because, like. I I don't even know. It
1: doesn't explain it. That's the thing. If you can do that, then why are you messing around with Dabo? I I don't know. That's like, but you and I are deciding, hey, you know what? Let's play war. Mm-hmm. Let's play. Let's play like a fifty-two card, just bullshit tiddly wink game. You know, yeah,
2: it's like that. Except, you know, all of your friends and family are in an alternate dimension, and they're the ones actually playing the game. You're just rolling dice and moving your pieces, mm-hmm. and then they've got to like solve puzzles and do fucking hopscotch mm-hmm. while they sing nursery rhymes. I mean, it's <laughs> fucking horrible, man. <laughs>
1: it's it's Starter, the worst. traditionally it struggles with visualizing futuristic pastimes like remember the video game episode of, of star trek
2: oh the one where they're all pl- like everybody the, the gets everyone addicted plays to, that yeah. thing that zaps uh-huh. your
1: eyeballs and then you're you're putting like cgi clay pigeons into cgi it's wormholes bad, yeah. <laughs> like uh-huh. yeah okay that's not even you know yeah. like that's not even iphone game level bullshit that's like bejeweled like i'd buy someone get addicted to bejeweled but this shit
2: like i don't even know what quark is and the game players are doing while the alternate dimension stuff is playing out. Yeah. Are they standing there looking at each other? Because there's no <laughs> representation in the real world of that. Really? It's just, they move a piece and the guy goes, Oh, ha, 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 ha. it's Jumanji and- deep space
1: Jumanji. <laughs> it
2: really is just, Oh, wow. It's terrible. You need to watch it again. Cause it's so bad.
1: All right. What other, uh, bugaboos, do you have uh
2: i don't know anytime they focus on like a a kai or a vedic or something oh god i'm always like a uh, kai
1: win she's the worst she's the worst she's like you know i I'm, i want to not i want to take back all the bad things i've ever said about the president on battlestar galactica because <laughs> kai win is she's her crank to 11 yep. oh my god she's the worst
2: yeah i mean she's so self-righteous and power hungry and she lies smug and smug yeah yeah, I mean, she's for like as smug took... as Bashir is, yeah. she's like ten times as smug. Yeah, and, le- and
1: and half as charming. And Bashir gets, like, less smug and and a better character as he goes. When when we were talking about over lunch, it kind of g- gave me a chuckle, and I, for- I forgot about the way they do this, but, like, you know, you got the Dominion War raging. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they take time to, like, okay, uh, you know, <laughs> Gul Dukat... Kicks in uh, Cisco's office door, puts a disruptor right in his face, starts to pull the trigger. Next time on Deep Space Nine, Cisco rounds up everybody to play baseball against the Vulcans. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. Or like the Federation, a- the, 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 the founders about to invade the Federation homeworld and they've, they've, they've infiltrated it at the highest levels. Yeah. But it's, it's time to figure out what Quark's going to do in 1950s Earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They have a holodeck adventure and get stuck. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder if all
2: that stuff happens like concurrently. Like the Dominion War is raging, you see Cisco's point of view, and then they go to like a quark episode or something
1: i think your po- i think your point and i don't never i i I wonder why they decided that twenty four episodes per season is the right number. that's
2: just how you did it man i I don't know,
1: but like these early efforts to do episodic television really suffer from that because like you know some yeah. of the x files to a lesser extent mm-hmm. you know it's like we the, the, they were overall pretty entertaining, the monster of the week versus the myth arc. But when you've got the myth arc, is like, oh my God, we just found out the shadowy cabal is inserting this black oil into the, all these children's eyeballs. <laughs> Uh, next week, hey, we got a phone call about some slug in a sewer. Let's get right on it. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. that stuff doesn't like. I feel like Deep Space Nine would be a really killer thirteen episode season.
2: Oh man, you could compress like seasons one through three into a single twelve episode season. Mm. That there are like two, maybe three episodes that matter in season one.
1: Because that's the other thing is the the kind of one off weird episodes. They never there's no character development that ever happens in those. It's like reset button yeah, pushed. I mean, like, pushed. I wonder what that would do to like
2: Garrick and Bashir, right? Like, mm. if you don't see them having all of these, because you're right, the B characters
1: and... don't really get main plots. Quark in... with
2: the Negus and all this yeah. stuff. I, I don't know. I, I think you could probably do it, but it would take a. I, I think it would be much better if it were a 12 episode. I will run. say
1: that the strength of that format is you can have like just crowd pleasing episodes, like you know, date day, day <laughs> and some of the other stuff uh-huh. that is just silly. That sure. you can't do in a a breaking bad,
2: yeah, like the no, closest right.
1: you can get is Walt and Jesse getting stuck in the desert out for a couple of days and some robot jokes and stuff like that, but like imagine if like Walt and Jesse decide to go on vacation they're yeah. gonna Jesse talked him into going to Tijuana. Uh-huh. and they just get misadventures that don't matter at Hill of Beans down into that would be kind of cool like for one episode of season yeah. you could do some kind of non canonical thing in your favorite show that's the interesting thing right that the tone of that show totally changes
2: like season 4 through season 7
1: oh yeah i mean it gets dark it gets sure. it gets desperate it gets when does wharf show up season 3 okay cuz i would be really shocked if you said season 2 cuz i, I kind of feel like no. um yeah, like they they get the Defiant, th- and the Wharf is sleeping on the Defiant by season four.
2: <laughs> like no joke, Cisco gives him permission to live on the Defiant. That's a safety
1: hazard because if he starts sleepwalking and decides to ram, you know, go to ramming speed, <laughs> it's, it's it's all over. Uh, uh, yeah, what? Yeah, Wharf, what? What the hell's wrong with you? You're li- more different than Odo, right? Right. You're more you're 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 more individual and standoffish than him. Come on, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um. All right, well, that's a cool. Blast from the past. Um, yeah. Where I, because I don't really have any desire to go back and watch some of those first seasons because I didn't like them. I didn't, I, I remember being very kind of lukewarm on Deep Space Nine. And and thankfully, that was like during the prime time of TNG. Like, I believe, yeah. I believe TNG wrapped up in either Deep Space Nine season two or season three. Mm hmm. Where would you recommend, like, a you know a guy like me to pick up, start watching, and, and not miss any of the Dominion stuff? Like, see, in, I, mean, can I go to, to Season 4? Should I start I think, at Season 3? Yeah, three? I think you could start at Season 4. That's when the Dominion
2: War really kicks off? Yeah. Uh, and there's still filler in those seasons. Oh, yeah. It's not like... You're not going to ever get away from it. Yeah. I think maybe Season, like, 7 might not be much
1: filler. Hmm.
2: But, yeah, Season 4 still has some filler, but that's where things start to heat up, and I... Feel like maybe I should write a guide for it. Like
1: that would be cool. Go if,
2: watch if keep... these couple of episodes from seasons one, two, and three. Uh
1: just, just kind of like a Dominion guide, you know. Yeah. Um, agreed. What's the young version of Dax? Because that's the other thing. I even though I I, I liked Oh, I don't know her name. Uh it's Jack Z is the good is yeah. the good Dax. Um but I I love that character and I thought they, they were really cool. Yeah. Um oh Ezri. That's that wasn't it Ezri? I think so. Um but yeah, I as good as Deep Space 9 got later and it's 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 run. I always was disappointed that they couldn't keep Jadzia around. Yeah. But then again, you can't what are you going to do? The actress quit. All right. Uh should we move on from Deep Space 9 now? Sure. Uh do you want to talk about Silicon Valley? I know this has been All off right. the air for like 5 weeks now. We've been kind of wanting to talk about it. What the hell? People can skip it if they're not interested. Yeah, what did you think of my... the sophomore season of uh, Silicon Valley? I thought it was even better than season one. It was Agreed. more
2: consistently funny.
1: Agreed. Uh, I thought they did some really
2: innovative and interesting things with their comedy in that series. Um, I'm a big fan of Mike Judge. so mm-hmm. uh, It does have his trademark style, but it also has like moments like the end of episode two where Gavin comes to Richard and says, uh, you know, this lawsuit, I could drop it and I'll buy you out. Or whatever, and you can come they're work having for this me. Intense. And he he slides this packet of paper across the thing with his terms, and he's like, I, I want an answer. What do you think about this? What do uh-huh. you say? And Richard goes, What do I say? I say, and then all of a sudden a mariachi band, uh-huh. because they are in a Mexican restaurant, a yeah. mariachi band starts playing up. Uh-huh. And and they're both annoyed by it. It makes
1: conversation <laughs> impossible. They
2: can't talk. And they just go to credit and let this whole thing play out (laughs) for a good
1: three minutes. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was brilliant. Um, I I honestly liked it. I mean, there's some questionable things about technology, but not even for a a guy who did, you know, that's kind of like what I did for my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never worked at a true startup, but I did do a lot of work at a lot of software shops and developed a lot of software and uh i thought like a lot of that stuff is pretty funny or plausible i really like the yeah. idea of the guy setting the, te- the, the gross tequila bottle <laughs> oh, on the God. keyboard deleting all those files yeah i yeah. liked that a lot um the i like that it's their financer their the financier is like oh yeah, my God. he's so terrible yeah and i really like the idea of the um the fact that you had the disgruntled IT worker that everybody's worried about, uh-huh. but he actually never is the real threat. Yeah. Um, and there's some really funny just like, you know, uh, startup stuff like um, the SWAT system.
2: You know, because like all startups oh, have yeah. like their systems. No, there's or their... I had to
1: fucking do that every year and quarterly <laughs> at the company. I don't want to mention his name, at the company I worked on. Yeah. And, you know, it, this show has like a... I guess, a pedigree of doing
2: that, right? Like uh-huh. taking these ridiculous whiteboarded scenarios and yep. turning them into really funny things. And I feel like they used their SWAT system to great effect. That, that was the uh, the homicide episode uh-huh. where they were doing this deal with an energy drink company and one of the guys was going to do a stunt and they were trying to decide, decide whether or what... not to let him die because he had some miscalculations. Yeah, yeah. Really hilarious stuff. <laughs> I thought
1: that was pretty funny. Um, one thing I, I also thought... Who's the d- the torpy guy who was this like the CFO? Uh, oh, Jared. Jared. Yeah. I thought or I was gonna OJ s- by the end of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Jared, I liked some of the stuff they did with him and the gender dynamics of Silicon Valley, hmm. like okay. you know, that he when was like, higher, yeah, like he's one of those guys who is trying to be sensitive, but he's actually coming across as more sexist than the guys who are openly sexist, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, but. On the other hand, the female that they introduced into the show is that the female engineer is kind of like as big a bro as the other guys are. Sure. And I felt like some of the message they're saying is uh, well this is what you need to be to survive in 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 decide you know, any kind of STEM mm-hmm. thing and I'm not sure how that sat with me. Yeah, I could I could see why you might have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh I, and, I understand, and that. I like you know some of the things like he's like, oh, I've got two, we got two women now, so you should be friends, and like yeah. trying to pressure well, that. I mean, it's, it's a like, satire ultimately, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was a, He was then. There are really guys like that. And, yeah, and they yeah. like to say it's like you know if you're if you're like the tomboy, uh, you know, big sister type bro- programmer programmer, then great, fine, whatever. But uh-huh. you know, I'm sure there's a lot of. You know, just like they're, I don't know. It's weird because the whole IT field is going through the sea change where less and less it's about the hardcore nerds. Yeah. And more and more it's just everyday people say, hey, you can make money in this. So, you know, like it used to be that everyone had the same fucking story. You go into an IT shop, and sure. it was. I spent my
2: teens programming I in my had basement. TRS-80, Commodore yep.
1: 64, and I typed in basic programs from you know <laughs> Byte magazine, and, and yeah. I was doing peeking and poking and all this stuff. And like everybody nowadays, that's not true. You've got it, like Chinese and Indians that don't know anything. You know, they never had that sure, kind of yeah. shit. And then you've got just people from different backgrounds. You got jocks. Like yeah. one of the programmers was. uh, uh a referee for basketball and was like played college basketball and had never didn't like video games. It's like what you know, yeah. it's it's crazy. And it, it's got
2: you know Silicon Valley has not the show but the place has mm-hmm. kind of developed its own culture, which is equally as homogenized. Yeah, it's like if you aren't cultural parasailing every yes. other weekend, you're not part of the culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you it, need it's... to be slamming booze while you're programming or. Yeah. Fuck you! We don't want to party. That's like you. I said, the programming culture exactly that that's become very much what Silicon Valley is, which and is I,
1: weird because I feel like the whole bro thing was an ironic adoption, but now it's like yeah. almost straighter than a college frat boy type of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, people have you know adopted that ironic sense of
1: to where it's culture not even so much even. that it,
2: yeah they they don't even understand what they're doing. It's anymore. straight. Yeah, they're just doing it. Uh, and, you know, the stakes are really high in the show, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it doesn't ever feel... Yes, it feels a little bit silly, but it also feels a little realistic with the way that they manipulate kind of, you know, funding and how they get it and the perceptions of companies um, equating to getting funded or not. Mm-hmm. I I really like how, you know, one minute you can be super hot and the next minute you can be kryptonite.
1: And also the 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 part that, like, lawsuits... And yeah. legal maneuvering and patents uh-huh. to play in Silicon Valley, you know, in that, in that kind of, like, you could do everything right, yeah. but if someone fucks with you legally and you don't have the money to defend it, you can you get murdered in a crib. Yeah. And I thought that's kind of cool. And also sure. the poison pill stuff, there's a lot of that, you know, like, you think it's a great deal, but then, oh, wow, you just lost your company. Yes. Yeah. Um, But the way things ended, I actually think... I'm okay with Richard being forced out because I think Richard is a terrible managing member of the of the company.
2: Yeah, I'm a little scared what's going to happen to that company without. He did his, a lot of vision. really
1: directly attributed to him bonehead things that That's almost true. cost the 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 company. I mean, obviously, he also wrote the core tech that makes it so valuable. Yeah, yeah,
2: he's a very smart guy. I don't think he's a terrific leader, though. He made steps toward it yeah. this season. You know, he kind of had to become more of a leader uh but i I feel like his vision for the company as being something that is different um is one that's noble and and good and that's probably going to be lost in Hmm. whatever transition they're going to make although if i'm correct i think that um whatever the junior partner i don't remember her name the junior partner from uh the the company raviga yeah yeah yeah. is is going to be casting that final vote doesn't she and, yeah and she has the the deciding vote on the board doesn't she i think that because that was and, and part the of the deal a, the
1: aspie manager is counting on her to side with that company yes
2: so i think but she's she, and really she good to yeah.
1: oust richard which was a pretty big blow I, I was actually surprised i thought they might leave that to be a cliffhanger to resolve later yeah. but you know in another way i think it's kind of ballsy to just go ahead and resolve that yeah so i'm i don't know I'm. i'm super excited for season three yeah, me too. I'm I'm totally totally on board. I know a lot of people were worried about how they'd weather some of the changes that were forced on them, like, you know, the, the, the death founder of the company yeah. died. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they everything came through really, really well. <laughs> I do love the scene where they're explaining how he died.
2: Yeah. It's like, you know, he was camping, and he, he was on safari. Either a hippo comes out. Uh, oh, so, so the hippo attacked him and killed him. No, no. Yeah. Well, so the guy tried to shoot the hippo and he missed and oh oh so he shot, he got shot? No. Yeah, that is, no. It's,
1: tor- it's comedy <laughs> torture. It is, I love it. Uh which they do a lot on that uh spoils of dying before dying too. Yeah. Other thing I wanted to what was your favorite moment this season? I feel like that when they put Elric damn is it Elric? Uh it's something like that, yeah. I thought when they put him on the stand and trial <laughs> and they did the guy that like did a re- did a reverse like Chewbacca defense on on mm-hmm. him. I thought that was pretty... That was the, the hardest I laughed, I think.
2: Yeah, I think maybe... Man, I thought it was hilarious. Not when Richard calls double asshole, double asshole. But... <laughs> but double A. Um, but Elric, or whatever his name uh-huh. is. Elron. Like, calls his, him out on his it. His reaction to it. Like that no, in face. his face. Yeah. Is yeah. really funny. Although... Yeah. I I did, I lost my shit when they did the Mexican restaurant thing.
1: Yeah, that was really funny, too, in an absurdist way. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to shout out. I know you, we watched one episode together. I went ahead and watched the whole series. It's Danger 5, which yeah. is an outfit uh, called Dinosaur. It's made from some Australian TV company. They made two episodes, seasons of this, six episodes each. They're 30 minutes long. And it's essentially the story of what it would look like for a five-man... Well, three man, two woman, fr- freedom force, uh, mm-hmm. to fight against Hitler if World War Two happened in the '60s. Yeah, and it's got a lot of like Italian filmmaking things, like the the voices aren't quite synced up, <laughs> uh, the special effects are pretty dodgy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this that, that that particular type of film look, and it's just such a great such a, so much great attention to detail, and it's abs- truly absurdist stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought. It is absolutely hilarious. And yeah. then season two takes that, throws it all away, and brings it into, like, 80s genre pieces. Still with the same premise. Yeah, same premise. Fighting like Hitler. Like, uh, exactly. Like, Hitler poses as the prom king at a high school. <laughs> and it's, like, a pretty in pink... Uh, you know, 16 candles remake, uh, then he gets killed and he comes back from the dead and it's a night of the living Mm -hmm. dead, classic eighties, uh, a a thing. And then they, they And then there's like a classic eighties action movie where Mm -hmm. everyone's sleeves get ripped off and like, (laughs) they just do that. Each episode is a different genre piece from the eighties that then, then then they ultimately end up with like a Voltron slash power Rangers episode where Hitler right. has a big mecha suit and he's on the moon, like Rita Repulsa and the <laughs> Frida, the, the the danger five guys get like all the spandex outfits and the wow. mecha zords. And, and there's like giant scale combat stuff. It's I, it, you know, it's, I, I think it's really, really funny. And the, I guess he's got a 40 minute YouTube series called Italian Spider-Man that's purports to be like one of the actual Italian made Spider-Man movies. <sighs> Like their take on it. Oh, same same company.
2: Yeah, same Dinosaur. company.
1: Dinosaur, and I guess it's it's kind of like the the uh, Always Sunny crew that like two the two or three of the guys star in it, and they're actually yeah. the, also the head writers and like producers. a comedy troupe, Monty Python, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, All right. I can't say enough good things about it. It's really, really, really funny. Um, my girlfriend and I have been quoting, especially the uh, Colonel Chestbridge, which is the leader of their group, which is literally a colonel. He's a full ber- bird colonel, in the fact that he's a bald eagle—it's a—it's a, it's a du- human guy. It's guy the human head human body, but he's got a bald eagle head. All right. And then there's a McKinsey guy who is a Japanese white tiger or white lion. He's a human wearing like a Don Johnson suit, but he's got a w- enormous white tiger head. That must be season two. That's season two. Okay, and it's pretty incredible. Um, but yeah. It was funny. The, the the first episode was good. The whole thing is on Netflix. If and I don't know if it's if it's anywhere else, but I god, I pissed myself laughing at that. <laughs> uh let's talk about the two new HBO shows, the half-hour comedy dramedies whatever. Oh, yeah. Ballers and the Brink. Uh let's start with Ballers. All right, Ballers is fun. Ballers is I mean, if you liked Entourage,
2: you'll yep. like this. If you didn't like Entourage, you won't like this.
1: I didn't I never really saw Entourage. I saw a little yeah. bit of season seven when you were living with me. Season and... seven was not good. Don't don't. Okay, judge well, by I that. found it kind of entertaining in a crazy kind of way. Early and, like, Entourage is much better. I can. I feel like that it's not a very inclusive show. Oh no, neither is Ballers. That, <laughs> right? No, that's what I'm saying. Ballers, like oh, okay. you have to be a particular type of dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, to watch this without, like, rolling your eyes. Um, and I think, or you roll your eyes, but you also kind of chuckle. I, I'm i a big fan of Dwayne Johnson. Sure. Uh, I think he is incredible in this. and uh, You know, just, again, makes me weep for his film and TV and his movie career. <laughs> um, I also love the angle about the athletes and the way they spend their money. Yeah. I mean, we did a bald Move TV about, like, a 30 for 30 doc about uh, athletes losing their money. And I just think that's, fascinating mm. that you can get a hundred million dollars when you're 24 and be fat f- fucking broke yeah uh flat fucking broke fat broke. four years later you could be f- broke and how that happens and the cultural aspects of it and you know yeah. how you can kind of prevent that because that's kind of dwayne's whole deal here the is he's a former football player trying to keep people from losing their money
2: yeah he's now a financial manager he's he's working at some company with uh What's his name? Rob. I don't uh, know. That guy is either. Man, he's the guy you see him in a lot on of the things. daily show. Yeah.
1: Time ago. Yeah. He's, he's pretty funny.
2: Um, crap. His first name is Rob. I don't know his last name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's it, real good. It's just
1: the, it's just a show of excess because it's all about it yachts and Coke mm-hmm. and cars and mistresses. I mean, it's exactly
2: and... on. It's exactly what honest Rogers is except replace acting with football.
1: There you go. There you go. That's really what it is. Uh, but yeah, if you're in I feel like you already know you're the type of person who would like this or not. So let's just move on to The Brink. The right. Brink has gotten a lot of shit. I feel like both yeah. these shows, Ballers and The Brink have kind of like underwhelmed audiences, but I've really enjoyed them both. What I like about The Brink is it plays with the idea of the United States apparatus as being completely incompetent but smugly self-assured.
2: Okay, yeah. And I
1: feel like a kind of unpatriotic thing to say, but I really enjoy the fact that, like perhaps India and Pakistan and all these other countries, have actually got the better of us in various situations.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I I've, I feel like Tim Robbins' character is really just something that's kind of unique. Uh, mm-hmm. It's almost. He almost has like an archer quality to him, like a
1: live action archer. The yeah, the way he talks to his fellow coworkers and stuff.
2: Yeah, so. he's horrible to people around him. Um, he's constantly womanizing and and drinking, and he's in really poor health. But it feels like he's also really competent, uh-huh. and, and he kind of understands the situation better than anybody else. Yeah, Uh even though he's a buffoon most of the time. Sure, and I I really like that.
1: Yeah. No, I. And I like Tim Robbins. I think Tim Robbins is an
2: excellent actor, both yeah. comedic and dramatic.
1: It, which is it's it's as hard to find. And there's a lot of um, some of it feels like a parody of House of Cards. Okay, because Tim yeah. Robbins is kind of like a Francis Underwood, and yeah. his wife is uh, who's played by Carla Gugino. She's okay. the woman from uh, Spy Kids and from Sin City and a bunch of other different stuff. Mm. She uh, she played I think Karen Cisco in in, in a, um, uh, an adaptation of that Leonard Elmore thing too. But she's really good as her his wife, and they have that kind of same dynamic where they love each other, but they also bang different people, and they, they're yeah. pretty open about it and uh-huh. all that stuff. <laughs> um, what do you think the, of uh, Pablo Sh- uh, is it Schreiber? I, I don't know. You you told me the other day that he's Liv Shriver's brother. brother yeah. I had no idea. They I, don't look
2: anything alike. They do
1: not. And um, he, this he's is the jet
2: fighter pilot.
1: So, this is the guy who plays Porn Stash in Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. But he also plays like this serious dramatic lead in season two of The Wire. Yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> uh, and it's like, <laughs> right. how can
1: that be the same guy? And he plays kind of a, a more broad out Porn Stash as a fighter pilot in this series. He's like dealing drugs from the ship and he's got like two families going. It's just like his yeah. his his life is a series of really bad ideas. That yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I feel like of
2: all the characters he might be the most farcical. Mm. Like it be just based on the decisions he makes. Although
1: Jack Black as a super spy.
2: Oh yeah. I mean I would never buy Jack
1: Black as a super spy <laughs> in something serious but
2: I mean, yeah, Tim Robbins is a farce, too. I mean, mean,
1: I'm thinking, like, the most realistic uh, character might be the president, because he's just essentially a straight man. Yeah. uh, Being torn by various different advisors and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But I, I, yeah. It's funny,
2: but it's definitely not the best comedy I've seen this year. No, it's, it's nowhere it's, near as
1: good as Silicon Valley, in my opinion. It, it's not as good as Spoils Before Dying. It's not as good as five, Seven Days in Hell. I keep on wanting <laughs> to go Five Days in Hell. It's not as good as Danger 5 from a pure comedy, but yeah, it also has a little bit more political commentary than oh, yeah. any of those things do, too, which I think is enjoyed, mm-hmm. and it's really well made, too. Really well done. It is.
2: Yeah, and it's funny. It's just not... I, I don't know. It doesn't do it as much for me as Ballers does. Like, I go... My, my Sunday night viewing habit is True Detective, Ballers, The Brink.
1: I'm the opposite. I do, well, I'm you not, do the comedies first? No, no, no. I do True Detective, uh, then I do The Brink, then I do The Ballers. Really? Mostly because okay. my, I, you know what, though? That might be because of my girlfriend, because she's got zero patience for the Ballers. She's uh, like, no, 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 no.
2: So she goes off to bed or whatever <laughs> while you're. I, I, I think I watch it, finishing the, up.
1: you know, because usually, usually I we finish up in the studio at a half hour, 45 minutes before she gets home, and I go home and I eat your run some bounties on destiny or uh. i watch whatever uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to catch up on so that's what i've been like my monday 5 30 ish while i'm cooking dinner kind of thing is, is gotcha. to watch ballers over the yeah over the counter. i don't know ballers is just you know it's light it's fun it's it is you know you can just disengage your brain uh there is some plot and some interesting developments and yeah uh, i haven't seen this this week's episode it looks kind of maybe a little heavy even uh people get arrested Cell phone pictures that shouldn't be seen or seen. Yeah, mothers that shouldn't be fucked are probably fucked. Uh. <laughs> it's it's
2: less heavy than you'd imagine. <laughs> okay, all right. That's
1: I actually probably should have imagined that that was yeah. the case. Yeah, I uh, got a final segment here, uh, and it actually has nothing to do with you, Jim. Uh, me and Nina uh, from Project Fandom uh, piggybacked a discussion of Penny Dreadful, the Showtime mm-hmm. monster mashup. Uh, that just wrapped up its second season. Uh, we got about uh, twenty, thirty minutes of discussion on that. And uh, again, if you want to find out more about Nina's stuff, you can go to ProjectFandom.com. She covers over seventy television shows. How does she find the time? Uh, she's super hardworking, and she also has an army of of ah. contributors that that help her out. Uh, but we're gonna do, uh, We're gonna end this episode of Baltimore TV with that. And we will see you back sometime who knows when. We yeah, just, whenever we feel like it. Whenever we watch <laughs> enough te- interesting television that we can make an hour out of it. Yep. See you next time. What? So I recorded this earlier in the week. Um, I don't know when this is coming out, actually. But I got Nina here. I, I held on to her from our Orange and New Black podcast. Because I want to talk Penny Dreadful. And I try as I might I have not gotten Jim to watch the damn show but it just finished up and and I need to talk about it. So I thought okay. we could get a couple minutes of that. Okay. Um where let, let's talk in, in general in the series um and I I I want to spend just a couple minutes talking about it in generalities and then we're going to mm-hmm. start spoiling the shit out of season 2.
2: Okay.
1: Uh Penny dreadful is essentially a period piece set in the kind of Jack the Ripper era of, right. of Victorian England, I think you'd call it, maybe Edwardian pre. Mm -hmm. Post-Victorian, pre-Edwardian, I'd have to check with Kelly to be sure. But – and it's a mashup of, like, every monster or horror, gothic horror fantasy you've ever heard. It's got Frankenstein's monster. It's got um, Dorian Gray, the picture of Dorian Gray. It's got werewolves. It's got vampires. It's got witches. It's got Ava Green destroying sets. Eva 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 green destroying (laughs) destroying sets with her the sheer force of her personality and acting Mm -hmm. and and i loved it from the beginning um i and and i thought season one was great i think season two is even better what's your relationship with the show
0: uh absolutely love it we were we watched uh the i don't know if you remember this but before the first season premiere, they put the first episode online, like maybe two weeks before. Mm-hmm.
1: And, they did the same um, thing I, with season two, right? They
0: did. They did. And I like when a show does that, especially the first time, because, you know, especially you and I, people like us who watch a lot of TV and write about it and podcast about it, like you don't have a lot of time. So I was like, this is good because I can watch it and just tell, is this something I'm going to bother to watch and, and try to cover on the website or whatever? And I loved it. I was hooked. Um, I don't podcast it cause I feel like it, it's a, some shows you just want to watch and enjoy and digest and like, you know, I
1: totally, I get, I mean, I would have podcasted this if I could have gotten, you know, uh, um, well, Seth and I thought about doing it, but with my workload on Orange is the New Black and her, you know, already working full time and she's had to help me out a bunch on that. It just wasn't going to work. Because that's kind of our wheelhouse. You know, we did American Horror. We did True Blood together. That would have been a good fit. But, yeah, I will say that it is... I'm jealous of the shows that I just watch as a fan. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hmm. Hello, I can't. All I can hear is clicking. Nina, are you there? Well, shit. Let me pause this shit.
0: Might have been my headset, but I unplugged oh, okay. it and plugged it back in, and it's good. I am so sorry about that. That's all
1: right. Um, but I was saying that. Yeah, I agree. I'm a little jealous of the shows that by circumstance or fate I kind of get to watch by myself Mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about oh what am I going to say on the instant cast or you know what what I I just I've been talking with it on our forums with people Mm -hmm. but yeah and obviously me and Cecily are all about it but yeah I I agree it's kind of nice to have one or two that you just have in your back pocket to enjoy Mm -hmm
0: just watch and enjoy. I don't know if I think season two was better than one though. I think that's an unpopular opinion that I think wow. I kind of enjoyed one more. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about, okay. So let's, let's talk about some, let's get in some spoilers. Uh, let's okay. talk about the pro cause there are problems in season two. I, and I think the biggest one is where they put John Claire, the Frankenstein's monster, the way they introduced him in season one with this rage and brutality and mm-hmm. this, this, you know, wanton killing and this creature of pain they try to turn him into a little bit of a woobie where, you know, now we want to feel sorry for him and, and we want him to make time with these pretty women and and have all these experiences. And it, I felt like it – it the way they set him up in season one robbed him of a lot of my interest level. In fact, I just wanted him to go fucking die. Right. Like when I- when, Franken, when Frankenstein refused to shoot him when he had the opportunity to lab, I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: I think we may be done with him though. You think? Uh,
1: I that's I I I did like the way they brought it around cuz if you if you're a fan of the classics, you know, uh the the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that's mm-hmm. essentially where he takes a a freighter or a train to the Alaskan wastelands. Um
0: Oh really? I didn't know that. Okay.
1: So but, you know, is that where he stays? I I right. don't know because you got Lily and Dorian who are got their like world destroying master race thing going on. Um, I and that's the thing. Like I was so over the whole Frankenstein plot, but then yeah. Lily bringing it around and and joining teaming up with with Dorian Gray to me, I thought was brilliant and completely reinvested me.
0: Have you watched – after watching the finale, did you – have you had a chance to go back and watch any of the first few episodes of the season?
1: No, I have not –
0: OK, so um, Sarah, who does the recaps, like I said, I mean, this woman knows her stuff and she she talks about like the music they use and the literature they refer to. And she sure. she just knows a lot of stuff. She's really good. Um, so after I watch an episode and she turns in her recap and I edit it for the site, I always find myself going back and rewatching it because she made yeah, me notice sure. something different. Yeah, um, she she did. She was like, if you go back and watch the beginning of the season knowing that lily knew from the beginning it's chilling
1: i bet it is i bet it is
0: because i didn't i didn't see that coming at all Mm -hmm. like that honestly that made me more interested because i wasn't feeling the whole frankenstein thing either and i feel like um like you said if you didn't care in the first season Mm -hmm you're not going to care in this like where you're trying to make him softer and gentler and just this lost person in in search of companionship and being understood i did feel bad for him though with those people at the
1: the the wax museum folks but they're such cartoon characters and it was so (laughs) obvious what was going on there my only thought was 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 the blind girl going to be in on it from the beginning Right. And then right. having her be a one dimensional cartoon character as the twist is like, fuck, you know, I guess <laughs> it, I, it I still for you. I'm I'm still like, fuck Frankenstein. Fuck John Claire right. props to Lily props to Dorian Gray. So, like, to the extent that Frankenstein gave birth to Lily, I'm happy with that. But those these other two emo fucks can get out of here.
0: So you didn't like his scenes with um Vanessa either. Then John Claire. Yeah.
1: No, no, <laughs> no! I get the fuck out of your poetry recite. Like I find it cringeworthy anytime two characters just start reciting poetry to each other, because like that just never happens. No, really and done. and and I get it. Like you know, we watch drama because they're heightened realism, but there's like. Certain points where it's like uh, – and I just – and it, I just – I hate John Claire. I thought he was a mess of a character who the the show couldn't decide whether we're supposed to feel sorry for him, whether we are supposed right. to be angry with him, or whether he's supposed to – we're wanting to – so I just like, eh. I yeah. – he's the least less – the, least, the interesting. least interesting. And also, like, I was a big fan of the Prometheus – or the Adam monster, and when he oh, ripped him in half, I'm like, holy shit. I <laughs> – that was amazing, but then I'm like, you killed this kind of interesting plot line to introduce this less interesting plot line that yeah. I guess is more accurate to the books or than the, the, mm-hmm. the, to, to the original Frankenstein mythos, but, you know, whatever.
0: Okay, okay. so it wasn't working for you. I did kind of want him to snap the blind daughter's neck. I was a little
1: <laughs> disappointed. Yeah, I actually thought – although – I guess I can see leaving a blind girl alone in the world to kind of find her parents' faces smashed in and all that is kind of a more horrific oh, thing.
0: I, yeah, I agree because you hear her screaming when he's finally you know, walking off and so also, you know she found them.
1: And if you think about it in terms of Victorian England, she's going to be institutionalized.
0: Mm -hmm, she's mm a
1: you know she's not going to be able to keep that thing running herself she's going to be put into some kind of special school or facility with other blind that are going to be mistreated i mean it's kind of chilling if you think about what it's like to be a blind girl with no family in the late 19th century right right right, like that if you if you think about that that's like ooh, that's that's another it's like when jillian got thrown into the asylum in boardwalk empire it's like oh Oh well, yeah. I I I'm taking all that into me into the scenario and I'm thinking that's he gave her a fate per, perhaps worse than death.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, I can see that.
1: So that the Frankenstein thing being a mess was terrible. Where are you with Ethan and Vanessa? Cuz I got such a case of cinematic blue balls from these guys.
0: What? Okay. I am the only I, I
1: I want them to fuck so, and I know what? it's it's historically a terrible idea when they have these will they won't days and they resolve it. It's like, but I want to see them fuck so bad, so what? bad.
0: What is wrong? I am the only person who not only I don't want that. Uh-huh. I I didn't even like. You guys have been watching this whole second season. When I would read Sarah's recaps, I'm like, you want this? Like <laughs> what?
1: I want it so just, bad, Nina, so oh bad. My
0: God. I don't even. I, I, no, I don't. Want that. <laughs> I don't
1: what want is your problem? Have, what is wrong with you? What is wrong they with don't you? Do
0: you, you really think that they, as characters, have sexual chemistry?
1: Wait like, a I second. Wait a, I, I can wrap my head around you saying this is a bad idea from a narrative. But if you say that Josh Hartnett and Eva Green don't have chemistry, I don't even know what to say because I feel like I, they're burning up the screen, man.
0: What is? wrong with me because i don't
1: get it you're a terrible lesbian and i'm starting (laughs) to question your heterosexuality now too what's going on
0: i don't get it you guys are crazy and i'm like every week i'm like i'm glad they didn't fuck i don't want to see that
1: (laughs) oh man no i like every like when they got in that witch's cabin and like a fire was going i'm like i I, like you know jack and miri make a porno like let them fuck (laughs) And it didn't happen. And I'm just like, oh, and it's still still not.
0: Nope. But you know what they were good at? Killing that guy together.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When she starts talking the black speech, it is incredible. Like when she had that, like it's I'm going to describe the scene that's just ridiculous of this woman having this black speech off with a dummy.
0: Yes, And it sounds
1: ridiculous, but it's so awesome when it's happening. And she just sells the shit out of that stuff.
0: She does. She does. It, It should be ridiculous.
1: Nobody does demonic possession like her.
0: No, 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 no. She totally owns that role completely. Um... No, but I don't want her fucking Ethan. I I enjoyed watching him kick a man in the face while she stabbed in the death. But yeah, I don't, want to see. I don't want to see them together. Uh,
1: Can we talk sorry. about Sim Simbean? I I don't know how to pronounce the gentleman. Yeah, I don't name. know how to
0: pronounce it either. But I'm so sad,
1: Simbane <laughs> or something like that. I and I'm mad because it seems like unless I, that actor wanted out, which I can't imagine he would, mm-hmm. um, that seemed pointless. Like, it yeah. served no purpose. Yeah. Like, he could it, have been like, I know you're going to turn into a wolf. I'm going to leave you in this tower. You, you're you going to bang on this metal door and hopefully get in there and save uh, Vanessa. And I'm going to go try to help my friends. And I'm kinda, not going to get my throat get torn up. Was, tra- was there a double door trapped in there?
0: That's what I thought.
1: Oh, I thought- see, I, I didn't see that they established that they were trapped in like a vestibule. That makes more sense.
0: Yeah, that's what, that was my assumption that they couldn't get out either way from the bottom of the, cause it because it kind of – the curved staircase, I thought that they were trapped. Okay. And, that, and that's why he was so desperate because he, he knew what was coming. Okay. Um, but I will tell you that uh, we, we have a, a group on Facebook where we talk about a lot of TV, and I remember um, he died at the end of the penultimate, right? hmm Yeah. So I remember after that happened, I asked people – do you think it's a hallucination? Because weren't they all separated and he sure, had Sure. You know, this was everyone frank-
1: everyone living their worst memories. Yeah. Right. No, that's and a because, good good take.
0: And because everybody nobody Sabine, Sabine was the only one who knew what Ethan was. I thought this is his, this is Ethan have, they're messing with him. Like he's taken the one person who knows what he is and is still his friend and accepting him. And he's, they're making him think he killed this person. And I asked the people in our group, I was like, do you guys, would you feel cheated if you came back at the beginning of the finale and realized that he's not dead, that it was a, and everybody was like, we want that to happen because we don't want the character to be dead. Yes.
1: No, I'm actually retroactively pissed that that's not what happened. (laughs) That would have been brilliant
0: but no you come back and he's really dead but I loved when he took Malcolm in that room and he says know who you are Mm -hmm. oh
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he's so ride or die but what did you think of that when that when he put him in that room and Malcolm saw the ghosts or whatever of his Mm -hmm. children and his his wife like what was that supposed to be because I don't think I found it weird that he was if he's hallucinating them, this is back when he's trying to break the spell that that chick had over him. Sure, sure. That he would hallucinate them being so kind to him. And if they were really ghosts, I don't think they would be kind to him. Well, so that, I just thought that really weird and I didn't buy that.
1: I see, I thought that the parallel structures of Frankenstein's children and his children's wife seducing them to essentially kill themselves was extremely well done. And it reminded me a lot. There's like an X Files episode where this one girl had a brother who and her power was she could suggest things to people and they would have to do it. And there's this one chilling scene where she you know, essentially told her brother to have, have her, his heart stop beating and like, it was just just really spellbinding and supernatural and creepy and horror. And I felt that same thing. The only thing that I guess I have a slight problem with is, well, and maybe I don't even have a problem with is that Malcolm and Frankenstein did not beat that. They did not face down their inner demons and win.
0: Right. It just stopped because of what Vanessa did.
1: Which is cool because she ended up saving. And I, that's the other problem. I was like, Ethan getting down there and tearing out the head witch's throat, to me, seemed anti- anticlimactic. It's like, mm. Vanessa at this point had to suspect what he was. And right. also, I'm not sure what his role of wolf of God is. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, as an as a agnostic atheist, I'm open to the idea of God being a dick and being kind mm-hmm. of bloodthirsty, vengeful dude. Mm-hmm. But so maybe they're playing with that, that like, you know, God's got a dark side and he needs some, mm-hmm. you know, bad, but he kills a lot of innocent people. Yeah. um, To the extent that like, I think it's realistic werewolf behavior. And I kind of am going to really dig seeing how he lives with himself, because this is like true pathos, like mm-hmm. and in and, and, and a way that I rarely engage with, like, so like, Oh, you know, I feel so sorry for myself. Like, I right. want to know – I want to know all the dirty deeds he did t- to the Indians that got him in this predicament because I bet that's going to be a, a, a brain fuck and just how he can live with himself after doing all these terrible things.
0: How does he get away uh, from his current situation the way it ends? I actually – I was so desperate. Like, he he again, doesn't. You know?
1: He's being sent back in, in right. irons to his means. father. Like-
0: like, what do you think? But honestly, when, when it was over and I was so desperate, I was like, what year was the Titanic? Could he uh, have been on the Titanic?
1: <laughs> I think it's because uh, Titanic was 1912 because yeah, somebody... um, uh, Downton Abbey, leads, that's how it opens, yes. the Titanic yes. sinking, and then World War Two happens, I think, in season right. three maybe it's yeah. season 2 so it's either nineteen thirteen nine. i think we're too early for that too
0: early yeah that's what that's what someone told me There, i was like i don't how does this ha- like this i'm guessing he does he goes back to america
1: yeah, yeah. and 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 i think that's going to be interesting too to see his adventures mm-hmm. in america and how they eventually get the gang back together
0: mhm mhm um, yeah cuz they all left yeah
1: like that's, you know uh, malcolm's yeah. going back to bury some be- you know the to, to to bury his friend Mm-hmm. who I can't pronounce his name correctly.
0: I, I think it might be Simbean. bean. I think you might
1: be. Yeah. Right. And um, no, I, I, I like how that's in and I like, you know, get to see America and, and assume I'm assuming, cause this was all about Vanessa's backstory. And I thought when I, when season two started up, my initial criticism is Jesus, I already got so much of her backstory last season. And now I'm getting like, do I need to know every nook and cranny? I don't know anything about like Malcolm or mm-hmm. Ethan by comparison, Seems like they're setting next season to be all about Ethan, at yeah. least initially, which I I dig.
0: Some people actually wondered if Simbi would become a werewolf.
1: <laughs> well, you no. know that's the thing. Like with not understanding the rules of the universe, that's that's a logical thing to to wonder mm-hmm. about. And and yeah. and honestly, is it off? Do you, I guess it's off the table because he's dead. He did. Yeah,
0: that's. Yeah, well, I think the people, the people that I talked to, they were like, "We, that's what we thought would happen, and we hope." But once you see the coffin on the ship, yeah, then it's like, yeah, it would have happened by now.
1: I think that all I think they're going with this being more of a, a Indian curse than mm-hmm. like, a, you know, a lycanthropy kind of
0: right virus. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Which okay. I think is also really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, did you like the villain this season? Did you like? I
1: did. um, It took me a while to warm up to the witches because they're so bizarre and also so mundane. Like, I'm like, okay, I feel like Ethan and Vanessa and Malcolm are going to handle these people no problem because they can be shot. They can be killed. They're like less powerful versions of vampires. But they made it so much more psychological. And that scene where everyone was dancing in that ballroom with blood was one of the most fucking awesome things I've seen this year in television. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the echo with Lily and Dorian Gray after they were shot dancing and is just painting the floor red with blood. Amazing.
0: <laughs> Sarah got a gif of, of of you know she puts those in her recaps. Yeah, yeah. And she's she's really good at making she she gets it just right. And she was saying that she had to um, watch that scene a couple of times just to get the gif right. And she said the squishing, the sound effects. Yes. Of, the, her dress trailing in the blood when they were, oh, she's like, it's this horrible sound that gave her goosebumps.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of cinematic blue balls, and this might be a little foreshadowing, mm-hmm. um, I was so wanting to see the picture of Dorian Gray. So I... wanted to see it so bad. And then when I finally saw it, I was kind of like, oh, that's yeah. not as cool as I was, you know, he looks like Gollum. Um, right.
0: I was surprised at how it looked.
1: I, yeah. And I'm like, man, if this is like how Vanessa and and <laughs> Ethan are are uh, going to end that, maybe I don't want to. Cause, yeah, be, leaving that to the imagination, it just seems like that's always more powerful. and it is. It'd have been awesome if they could. I don't know what I would have accepted as, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen some depictions of Dorian Gray's photo where it looks like kind of like. Uh, the house and the the haunting where they had the 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 main guy and he had this oil painting and that at one point you see it, everything's kind of run down and almost makes his face look like a. I was expecting something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I just honestly, my husband had never heard of this. Like I was like, you don't know the story of Dorian Gray? Right? I, I think yeah. they made a, a movie with Jane Seymour. I think when I was a kid, I just remember a TV movie. That I've never seen been a movie, but I
1: the the book stuck with me. It, it's okay. like it's such a big I you know, and that, that's the other thing. Like these. Mary Shelley and Bram Stoker and whoever wrote Dorian Gray. Was that Oliver Wilde? Who wrote Dor- Dorian Gray? I don't know. I haven't read it. Um, I just like it's amazing some of these ideas that are so kind of forward and, and edgy and right. out there that came for so long ago.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: but anyway, we're, I'm going to look up who wrote Dorian Gray
0: um but yeah the uh, how did you feel fuck
1: about, yeah I was right Oscar Wilde all right look
0: at you smarty uh <laughs> wh- what was the who was the 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 trans person Alex what was her name
1: oh yeah y- yes
0: Angelique or something Angelique, like that? yes oh my god that was so uh, what I like about this show is like I I don't feel like it's predictable no do you know what I mean Yep. and this whole, I was like, where is this going? Like when he met because I the first time when she sat down and spoke to him, I was like, that is totally a dude, right? Like oh yeah, totally. Like, I, yeah. I like, yeah, that's totally a dude. Um, she I mean but, she,
1: she makes she makes a beautiful she makes a beautiful woman, but mm-hmm. yeah, she's definitely trans.
0: Yeah, and then when he brings her to the house and has her like coming out party, I was like, What the hell? Where is uh-huh, this going? Uh-huh. And then the moment he sees Lily. I'm like so. What I didn't get was did he because they I I totally forgot. So when he went, oh I'm no I'm all over the place. But when she said uh, we got an invitation, we're going to go to this party, and and Victor said, "What's the worst that can happen?"
1: Oh no, that's what I'm thinking. Like other than Ethan being there, which they were kind of playing with, I'm like this is a this is a clusterfuck, and I love it. Yeah.
0: I was thinking of all the different things and I was like, oh my God, she fucked Dorian. That's right. Like yes. I totally forgot that Br- brano or Brona, whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. So, um, did he, did he recognize her? Yes. He did. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And
1: okay. that's the thing. Like, I felt like Dorian Gray is one of those characters where he could have gone either way. He mm-hmm. could have, he could have been heroic character and this is him kind of losing his soul. I don't know whether there'll be a redemption for him in the future. Um, you know, I don't know how that—that's always been an interesting question because I'm familiar with all these source materials, and I'm mm-hmm. like, are they going to pay this off like they do in the the source material? Or are they just using these as kind of motifs to riff on? Right, right. And so right. I could see them either, but I like the fact that you know Angelique was kind of like the angel, you know, even mm-hmm. with her name, and Lily is like, you know, it reminds me of Lilith, you know, like in the apocryphal right. Bible, she's like the 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 uh root of all evil she's the right. essential really bad guy and mm-hmm. and that this was the devil and angel on his shoulder and the devil won
0: the devil won yeah i and didn't see it coming didn't because i honestly did not get that she knew from the beginning what she was and no
1: that's and i think that's interesting that dr frankenstein finally succeeded in doing the perfect job But, you know, well, I mean, clearly something's going wrong with the conversion process um, to make them evil. But but no, I yeah, I I actually kind of want to go back and watch it now because you saying that I'm thinking some of the scenes and they do make a lot of sense. Yeah, they do make a lot of sense.
0: I was a little disappointed, though, that Ethan didn't see her. Because that's what I kept – I was like, when he sees her, he's going to know exactly what Victor did He ha- or suspect.
1: Although or- I will say that that – now that everything's said and done retrospectively, that seems like a wise choice because that seems like the least interesting decision
0: that's to have true. him
1: and Dr. Frankenstein at odds.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh
1: When he already had a lot of – enough of his own shit to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I – yeah, I thought this was an incredible – I mean – So what I guess if you didn't if you didn't buy into sexual tension of Ethan and Vanessa, that really would color your whole expectations of the season. What was other than that? What other problems did you have? I mean, I loved the little the Jewish uh, gay guy. I don't know what his name, but he was awesome. And I liked how how Ethan was really cool about the way that they kind of cutely flirted and he wasn't threatened Uh by it because he's he's a masculine werewolf. What's he's not going to be threatened by this guy flirting with. I thought it was just
0: he has sex. Ethan had sex with Dorian Gray, didn't he?
1: That's true. Oh, shit. You're right. So maybe maybe Ethan was was it wasn't just being polite.
0: Yeah. Ethan, Ethan got down with Dorian in the first season.
1: That is true. It's been so long since I Fucking God. forgot about that. Wow, this I is what happens ex- when you don't podcast something. You you <laughs> you miss little. You miss even more details than I normally do.
0: Right. Um, but I think his name is Lyle, right? Is that yeah, name? yeah, that could be it.
1: And I didn't and, like the uh, the whole diabolus book that they. I thought I thought that was a load of horse shit. But you know, whatever. I guess you need a MacGuffin to to move the thing around. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. That, and I felt like that's exactly what that was. Um, I enjoyed him. I felt bad when when Her face pool kissed him and she's like, You taste like a fat little man or something. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, this well, guy. Wear
1: the vengeance of fat little men, because he uh
0: uh-huh.
1: he was stone cold by the end. I love yeah. I love that character. I, I thought he was gonna more die. I was worried. I was worried. I was like, God yeah. damn my two favorite minor characters and like Van Helsing and Ad, like this show is just lethal hey. to all the people that I really think are interesting. And what is he fleshed out?
0: And then they're dead like in the same episode. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I don't think I had problems with the season. I just, I honestly, I think the penultimate and the finale of the first season were so beautiful to me. Uh Like those were the two episodes I could watch over and over again. And I, I, when he saves Vanessa, when he does that exorcism on her Uh in the first season, Uh it's still one of my favorite things from the series. And I just don't feel like when I watch this season, I got anything that, that I connected to like that, man. I I'm thought her it was a bad season, but yeah. I just, yeah, yeah.
1: I, just... I the thing is, is like I some of the impact of Malcolm accepting Vanessa as his daughter was kind of like muted by my like, well, no, duh, you dummy, your
0: right, real right, right, daughter is
1: right, right. a is a child of the night now, and she's lost, and you're just now waking up to to what you have right. in front of her. So like some of that is a little bit emot, kind of rang false to me a bit, mm. but. Uh, and so I saw season two as just an improvement in almost every way. I am worried about what are they going to do with Vanessa? Because she seems so powerful and like, she stared down the devil essentially twice now. Like, is this going to be a thing like every season he comes out her crazy from a different, different way.
0: Right. I don't know. That's
1: um, for next, let's just talk about, and then I got to get out of here because Jim's probably okay. drumming his fingers. Um, <laughs> he, he's getting jealous of me, uh, being Podcasting promiscuous with it, other yeah. podcasters uh horn it up. <laughs> uh but I for next season I saw someone in the forum speculate that they might be getting a little uh they might be uh going in a uh and I don't know if this was Comic-Con information cuz I I didn't pay too close attention to it but I heard that a lot of people mentioning the one thing that they could go is a Jekyll and Hyde situation.
0: Ooh, I would like that.
1: Uh but they haven't really a stat like every other like the way season two developed they'd already established the witch from the previous season
0: right so like
1: who would be um who would be the jekyll and hyde are they going to evolve frankenstein into that that he's going to be continue to experiment with drugs and because i i I, it would be weird for me for that to just come out of nowhere
0: I I was going to say, I think I would almost prefer a new person, but if, if, if it's something, like you said, if it's something that's already been established, I could, I think Victor makes the most sense, Yeah. but I, I kind of would want it to be somebody new then. All I right. don't know if I'm that interested in him
1: anymore. But even then, like, so D- Jekyll and Hyde is not, you know, that's interesting. Sure. But I don't see how it can, you know, it's like an, again, with the witches, maybe I'll, my eyes will be open next season, but I was kind of surprised to I, I just don't know where they go i, I feel yeah. like that this you know maybe I, I mean i'm really curious about seeing what happens with Ethan, getting more of his backstory but actually what moves the plot forward i i don't know what what goes on what i'm expecting for a happy ending or even any kind of ending or even a continuation which i guess <laughs> that's exciting
0: yeah i was just gonna say that's kind of sometimes it's nice to not know And it gives you, you know, because I just feel like with the internet and like you said, Comic Con, sometimes I think we know too much.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I try, I've been in later seasons, I've been trying to pump the brakes on that a bit. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll watch
1: the trailers and all that and I'll read casting news, but, you know, I don't really, I'm not really into reading the script. Right. of an episode a week before it airs like
0: i think it's because you podcast so much because i know that's what for me like you feel like everything you watch when you have to talk about it you have to watch it a couple of times you write notes like sometimes you just don't you want to be surprised you just want to be entertained yeah and you know?
1: that's the thing it's not i'm not afraid of spoilers i still am right pretty like right. i'm pretty uh agnostic when it comes to spoilers but i do yeah i i you know, I'd, I'd rather have I'd, I'd like to have the experience of just see, letting it wash over me for a first time because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to have to watch it a couple more times and talk about it. And so it's like, I, you right. know, having the one fresh experience is nice.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. I don't want that fresh experience to come in a four paragraph treaty of, you know, mm-hmm. the of a leaked shooting script, you know.
0: So. But I will say what I'm disappointed, I really wanted Showtime to pick up Hannibal, and I think they would win Sunday nights if they – I feel like it would be such a good companion piece to uh, Penny Dreadful on Sunday nights next year. But
1: mm, it's not a bad idea.
0: But It's not going to happen. Nobody uh, seems to be interested.
1: I'm surprised ne- uh, Netflix won't pick that up.
0: They pass. We actually wrote about uh, – I fo- follow Brian Fuller on Twitter, and he tweeted somebody the other day, and I did a post on it. He said Netflix and Amazon passed.
1: See, I watched all of season one, and I thought it was incredible, and I missed season two. And we – Jim and I debated earnestly about whether we were going to cover season three, but the way mm-hmm. the timing worked out, it just
0: – Yeah. You
1: know, with, with Mad Men and, and Game and Game of Thrones, it just wasn't mm-hmm. going to, to work out and me doing Orange is the much. Black. But um, – I heard season three is really uneven.
0: It's and even it's even crazy.
1: hardcore fans that I've been kind of following the conversation on the forum, they're <laughs> saying, like, I just don't like the first two episodes I hear were like slamming and then it wildly uneven and kind of unbelievable. And maybe this maybe it not getting picked up is not a bad thing.
0: Real oh, doesn't I, seem like I, yeah. I, I, I don't agree with that. But,
1: but you don't right. want to see Ethan and Vanessa fuck. So like I don't so even know don't, who, who I, am I I, right? I don't know how to d- do proper to evaluate your <laughs> opinion. <laughs> My opinion. Okay. Fair. Uh but no, I still so, so you you disagree with that.
0: Yeah, it's it's still it's probably not
1: as good as last season, but still really good.
0: Uh exactly. Or you, really you actually good. put it
1: up with season you you think it's just as good.
0: I think it's just as good. Huh.
1: All right. Well, I'm definitely going to get around to it um, because eventually in the winter, it seems like things slow down and I start to catch up on the stuff I missed. Uh, how about The Strain? Are you excited about Strain?
0: Yeah, we just did our um, first podcast for that and uh, for the season premiere. And it's a fun show. You know, some of it's bullshit and it's full of shit. But we said that when, when we started uh, the podcast the other night that some shows you just need to. You can't be too hard on it. You just, yeah, it's fun. And you know what? Oh, you have to watch. It's probably my favorite show to talk about. Is it Mr. Robot? Oh. That's fun, too. But but that's good, too. Because I get a lot
1: of clamoring for Mr. Human or Mr. Robot. Mr.
0: Robot. I would love to hear you guys talk about that. Uh, Humans on AMC. Holy shit. It's good. And we have so much fun talking about it. And it inspires the weirdest conversations I, honestly, the conversations get so deep. I'm like, I feel like Jim and Aaron. We don't get this deep on my show, but all like last, it's it's me, John, and my husband Donnie. We podcast that, and we talked about the third episode last night. And I'm gonna uh-huh. actually have to put that out today. You guys should be watching. It's only eight episodes. It's in conjunction with Channel Four across the pond. They do good stuff. It's good. I would love to hear you and Jim talk about humans. So good.
1: All right, I will because I I, I want to see the pilot of Mr. Robot this weekend and. Good. Uh, I'm, I'm on to try to squeeze in humans too, see what that's all about. Good, just on your recommendation. I hope you like it. All right, I hope Ethan and Vanessa fuck. We'll see <laughs> if we both get what we want, <laughs> <laughs> and if I'll even want it after I get it. Might be another <laughs> portrait of Dorian Gray. Nina, no. thanks for talking uh, Penny Dreadful. Uh, maybe we can have you on again to talk because I, I you watch a lot of TV. And sometimes TV. I don't get everything. I'm I'm like the polyamorous couple with Jim. He doesn't completely fulfill all my 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 podcasting <laughs> needs. I need to I need to go and and, you need and a couple of mistresses. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I might I might tap you for that. All right. Po- in well. the podcasting sense, of course. Right. Right. So. Right.
0: All right. Go be with your husband. <laughs> all
1: right. Yeah. I got. I've been neglecting him. So
0: tell him I said hey. I will do
1: that.